0: Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. This is one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and joined as always by Eric Trexler. How you doing, Eric?
1: Doing great, Erica.
0: Great, great. Well, um, so we are at the end of summer. And I'm actually excited about our, our guest today because we have Joyce Hunter, who is a former government CIO, um, and now is the CEO, CEO of Vulcan Enterprise, which does executive coaching and IT advisory to um, federal government nonprofits and, and other entities. But Joyce, you are launching a summer camp today, a STEM summer camp over at the George Washington University. So first, thank you for joining us the same day as your starting of the STEM camp. I- excited to talk about the work that you're doing there, as well as some of your time in government.
2: Great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> so-
1: and Erica, I don't know if you know, but Joyce was also a 2016 and 2017 uh, FedScoop, DC's top 50 women in technology uh, awardee, top federal, 50 federal leaders in 2016, and in 2017 received the Royal Clay Senior Technology Pinnacle Award as one of the Fifty most important African Americans in technology. Yes, I had to read that last piece.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs>
0: actually, Joyce, I read your bio before um it is impressive. before the podcast. And I definitely had a thought of, okay, I've got to do more with my life. So <laughs> it, it was extremely impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. So- very motivational. So Joyce, let's start first with the STEM camp because you know, as I said earlier, it's it's the summertime. I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, have um, have children that are at um, various types of camps, and I I think the work that you're doing um, in terms of especially helping um, underserved youth be exposed to science, technology, engineering, agriculture, math it's so important. So tell us a little bit more about you know just the the camp, how it works, um, and and how you're really trying to make Make sure that, um, you know, th- th- these types of, um, of youth are exposed and why that's important to be exposed to um, the, you know, these types of subjects
2: absolutely. Uh, I I got the idea for the camp while I was the deputy CIO at the Department of Agriculture in 2013 because President Obama had come out with his executive order on open data. So I'm going to the meetings and I don't see anybody else there that looks like me. And so I start asking questions about, so everybody's complaining about there's not enough people in the funnel for data analysts, data scientists. We're having a severe shortage in those areas. Uh, Have you, ever thought about going someplace else and and recruiting from uh, areas that you normally don't recruit from. And, you know, I was told, well, that's nice, but, you know, we don't have the time. We don't have the resources and we don't, frankly, we don't think it's going to work. So I go back to USDA and the CIO at that time was Cheryl Cook. And she said, i present the idea to her. And she says, sure, fine, go ahead and, and, and do it. Uh, however, you don't have a budget. I said, okay. <laughs> that, that's
0: nice. Always the issue in <laughs> government, right?
2: <laughs> always, always. So I go around to, and create a uh, coalition of the willing, as I call it. I just start talking about this idea to people on my staff, as well as people in the contractor and vendor community about what I was trying to do. And I got an overwhelming uh, response that they wanted to do this. Now, GovLab, which is a part of New York University, was already going around to the federal government agencies and talking about building data capacity. So I go to them and share my idea with them and they uh, talk, they they volunteer basically to do this Uh on, on their dime, uh, that we collaborate together and create a curriculum for a summer a two-week program that will en- enable young people to understand what is data, How they use data and how to gather the data to make better decisions. Uh, So we start down this path in 2014, uh, and we offer the first class in 2014. And uh, we had 15 students. And over the last five years that we've had the program in DC, and we've also run the program in California for three years, um, that we have inspired a number of young people to look just beyond agriculture as Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres, Uh, that there is a lot of science in agriculture now with the drones and with uh, tractors that are running on the Xbox system and, uh, you know, letting them know that uh, the autonomous vehicle did not start with Tesla. Uh, that the autonomous vehicle started in 1945 with John Deere and this.
1: I got John
0: Deere. Yeah. Did that, this jo- Joyce, we um we lost you for us uh, right at John Deere. So if you could just pick up okay, from it. Sure. This is as good as though.
2: A, so this, so, you know, the autonomous vehicle started with John Deere uh, in 1945 And so they have been, agriculture has really been on the forefront of technology. People just don't know it. And to be able to bring this kind of technology and the potential for agriculture in the technology field to these young people who have never even seen a farm, don't even know where their food comes from, is really exciting. I I love it when they come to the open house with their parents and they're slouching down in their seats and they're rolling their eyes in their head and they're going, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's a free program, absolutely free. We take care of uh, supplies, uh, lunches, transportation, and it's all because of the sponsorship that we get from some of our uh, partners. And what age group are we talking about? 14 to 17, there's about, we tried it at 11 to 13, but the, the intensity of the research oh, and the oh. amount of data that we are getting uh, and doing, 11 to 13s, they're not very- they're not ready Either yet. You have an 11-year-old, I have a 13-year-old grandson, they're just not ready. Uh, no, but I, by I
1: agree. But at 14 <laughs> to 17, you're starting yeah. to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a young adult. I need to think about what I like, what I dislike, what I maybe want to do, right? Yeah. Astronaut, police woman, firewoman, yes. you know, whatever. Yes. Those aren't this, you're, you're starting to evolve out of the cool, flashy
2: jobs and trying to say, what do I do with my life? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And start thinking of and you're Good starting to you think about college. Yeah. You know, you start thinking, so what do I want to major in? What are what are some of the cool and I want them to see agriculture as being cool. Right. What what's the
1: possibility out there? I mean It's not something you would normally think about because your food just shows up. Mom or dad bring it home for you. Maybe you have to go to the grocery store with a
2: few bucks and pick up celery or carrots or whatever, but it just shows up there. That's right. That's right. And most most kids have never been to a farm. They don't know what it takes in order to grow food or or put food on the table or where it even comes from and how it's grown.
1: You know what I love about this story? We didn't get a feedback like, Let's isolate half the population, right, you know, a gender or a a racial class or or let's let's look at we need professionals in this business. Let's look at the entire pool and look, let's look at what we need to do to educate and and create awareness for the entire population as opposed to just take what comes.
2: Absolutely. In fact, in my camp, and it's called STEAM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Agriculture, and Math Camp. And uh, we are, our theme this year is Earth 2050. Oh, wow. What's going to happen in 2050? So we have water and disaster. We have urban agriculture. That might happen before that, right? Yes. Food food security and sustainability. And... um, And I'm forgetting one. But uh, those are the topics that the young people this year have the opportunity to choose from, because there are a lot of things that are happening. I mean, by 2050, we have to feed 10 billion people. That's a lot of people Mm. to feed. And it's all in the United States to come up with this. And if by with climate change, we are reducing uh, the foods, uh, the ability to grow food by 25 percent every year and only one percent of the farming population are small family farmers anymore. So we've got to build up capacity. We've got to build up knowledge. We've got to create the data so that they could turn it into information so that they can go on and uh, become the entomologist to get rid of these uh, plant uh. uh plant insects and bugs that are destroying some of the diseases and yeah so we can yeah
0: so joyce let's um you know in terms let's just go back to in terms of your career you know as far as bringing innovation technology to a government um you know department such as usda you know how did you approach it coming in because again I, i think to your point earlier you know kids probably don't associate a lot of technology innovation with agriculture but a lot of adults probably don't necessarily you know approach um even the work that the usda does probably think about you know the need for um just you know information systems technology security but as you've talked about it, there's a huge need for it.
2: Absolutely. And the way I, in fact, I knew nothing about agriculture basically before I got there. Uh, it was a, it, it, and it was a fantastic uh, adventure, I learned so much about our food supply because uh, I'm from West Philadelphia. Okay. okay. I, did, did, I, I did not come from a farming You're background. city I'm a, girl. <laughs> I'm a city girl, right? So I get to agriculture and I'm scratching my head and I'm doing all the research before I get there, not realizing that agriculture is, is a huge entity. It consists of 27 um, agencies, staff offices, and mission areas, everything from Forest Service, which most people don't think of, of, all the way to Food Nutrition Service, which um, uh, gives out the uh, food uh, um, for school lunches, school breakfasts, as well as. And people don't really realize this when farms mm-hmm. have um, uh, when farms have disasters and they lose everything that they have, Uh, they get EBT cards so Mm -hmm. that they can live and buy food until they can get back up to speed. Uh, They also have farm loan programs to help farmers get, get back up and and sustainable again so there's a lot that department of agriculture does um it also has rural development which helps small family farmers or large farms in the rural areas so it's it's a massive organization with approximately ninety thousand people worldwide
1: and, and what was the biggest challenge for you coming in from the outside i mean you have a wharton mba i mean you're, you're well educated Right, you have Under- the ability,
2: understand understanding uh, how to how to make things work. So you know you you come in and and you're giving responsibility for three to four billion dollars in information technology assets, and you have OMB knocking on your door asking you. So you know, tell me how sustainable this particular project or, or, or application is, and you've got to work with the individual agencies to kind of pull the cover back and see how they're spending the money. And if they're spending the money efficiently uh, because it's taxpayer money and you want to ensure that the money is being spent efficiently and effectively so that you could give a report back to the Office of Management and Budget that, yes, we are using the taxpayer's money um, the right way. And this is how we are going to manage it. This is how we're going to either have help it to grow or we're going to introduce new tools uh, to make it run more efficient. Um, These are the things that we are hearing from the farmers out in the field. And these are new projects that we might want to implement in order to make their lives easier. So while I was there, uh, we implemented a program for uh, implementing uh, the ability for farmers instead of having to drive three hours into the county office to make their reports, they could take their laptops and, and at their kitchen tables, they can uh, send that in electronically. Instead of having to, to drive and use a lot of paperwork and because I've been out to some of the field offices and they have a lot of paper out there <laughs> and and to be able to to not only reduce the burden on the county offices, but also reduce the burden on the farmers to, because it takes a lot. I mean, it's three hours one way, three hours the next. That's six hours away from their farmland that they could be doing something much more productive instead of sure. driving back and forth.
1: So if you could work from the field or from your home at night,
2: much more productive
1: than driving back to the office every day.
2: Oh, absolutely. Or even you could sit out on your tractor in the middle of the field and have that information from your tractor go directly to the county office or into a spreadsheet that you may have that you can work on once you get home in the evening.
1: So I come from a long line of farmers. Are you telling Mm -hmm. me they're laptops and tractors now?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that
1: either. (laughs) Eric, I think my family has been farming for over 300 years in America. God only knows how long. 200 years, some, some years in America. Only who knows how long in Germany. And I had no idea.
2: It is absolutely. When I went to Ames, Iowa, to the John Deere uh, R&D facility, I think my first year at Department of Agriculture, and I'm expecting this grizzled old person to come out and, you know, give me a tour of, of the their tractor. A uh, the 21-year-old young man comes bopping out, you know, and brings his tablet, and we get into a planter, and he um. says, do you want to drive? I said, oh, no, these planters cost way too much money, and it's not in my <laughs> in my purview to even touch." One of these things. He says, okay, no problem. He punches a few things into his tablet, plugs it into the console, pushes the start button and off we go.
0: Wow. He never
2: touches anything. And this planter is planting things as we're going around the field. And when we get back to home base, it beeps at him because it says you've missed a spot. Wow. So he punches a few more things in, off the tractor, off the planter goes again, and it finds the spot that he, it missed and puts the seed right where it says it should be, turns around and comes back. It is absolutely amazing what they can do.
1: I love they the even, practical application oh. of technology.
2: Yes, yes. And I mean, it takes soil samples, so it can absolutely tell the farmer where the soil is sick. And what nutrients you need to put into the soil in order to make it well so it can grow healthy fruits, vegetables, and and rice and everything else. So it's fascinating.
1: You come into USDA as a political appointee. Yes. Obviously educated. How do you figure out what the business needs? How do you bond with everybody so that you end up in a planter one day (laughs) really seeing the direct applicability of the technology that's out there?
2: Absolutely. I, I am not one of those people who is satisfied or content with sitting in the office. I need to get out in the mm-hmm. field and, and, and learn what, what challenges the farmer is having. And not only that, internally, what are some of the challenges that some of the uh, CIOs are having? So we create a CIO council within the U.S. Department of Agriculture so that all the technology people can get together with the business people. They cannot forget the business people Uh, so that so we're not going off and developing something that the business people look at and say that baby is really ugly. And, you know, so we collaborate together in the CIO Council to come up with solutions that are going to benefit the consumer and the farmer and the producer and the rancher all at the same time. And it's about it's about it's the three C's community. Communication, collaboration and coordination. If you don't have the three of those. And like I said, when I came in, I talked to everybody, the people who are on my staff, uh, which was capital planning, enterprise architecture, um, data management. uh, You know, a lot of those kind of staples of running a business, along with the other CIOs in rural development, forest service. Um, food Nutrition Service and all the other agencies and finding out what makes them itch and coming up with solutions together, because half the time, like uh, Animal Plant Health Inspection Service will be developing a permitting application unbeknownst to Forest Service, who also have permitting applications to to grant permits for people to camp out in the forests of of the United States. Well, if you're spending the money on one, can there be a a common platform that both can use? Can can take advantage Mm of. Right, so that you don't have to replicate or develop a duplicative solution or product so the cio council was developed and designed so that we could get together and not only figure out what other people or other organizations are doing but also to ha- find out how much they're spending on software not not to disparage my my great vendors and and uh, contractors because Go they're helping it. Because they're helping to support the camp. So I can't talk about them today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, 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 but, you know, some of them will go around and they did. Uh, they will talk to one group and offer one price. They'll talk to another group and offer another price. You know, thank goodness, you know, GSA came up with this shared services I- idea uh, because because with the CIO council, we were able to determine how much everybody was spending and then kind of put some of the uh, software vendors in a full Nelson and um, get them to, you know, come up with a, a enterprise license agreement so that we had unified pricing across the uh, USDA.
1: Well, it's 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 a it's an industry secret maybe, but we actually like that. Right? It makes <laughs> it easier on us, but it makes it easier on us also. Yeah. We make it up in volume. Yeah. So that's yes. actually beneficial to both sides. Many times it's getting the government organizations to coordinate amongst themselves and work together. Yes. yes. You know, we, yes. we don't drive to, I mean, you know, the government wants to drive to the lowest price. We want to drive to the highest price, but, but the goal isn't necessarily to get one over. It's, it's, it's really, you know, each deal, each opportunity takes its own life, its own shape. And, and I know many organizations where, they will take pricing that they gave to one organization and give it to another. So we, we love that. Usually it's that government interaction coordination that gets complicated.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and that, and that is very complicated, uh, because everybody thinks that, you know, they're different, uh, and they want, they think that they can, uh, off, they can get the lowest price, you know, my price is 125 if you do an enterprise deal but if I go over here I bet you I can probably work out something where I can get it for 90 dollars not true because um, typically if you go off and you do a one-off uh, then that's not good for the organization as a whole because then you know you're spending money that you know because each each agency has their own money um, I don't manage I don't manage their dollars I just manage the how they're spending it I'm just managing whether, you know, they're spending it appropriately or not. If they're following Fatara, uh, if they're following Klinger Cohen, if they're following, you know, uh, certain things that will make them much more efficient in their operations.
1: So I I want to take it back as we're wrapping up here to the STEAM effort. What is what is the advice you give the students at the end of the week? What what do you say to them as you set them off? Their eyes have been opened. They now have a bright
2: potential future in front of them. What do you say? I tell them that the future is bright for them. That there is nothing that they cannot do. I can connect with an organization called AgCareers.com. They they regularly tell me that every year they have between six and ten thousand agriculture jobs available that go unfilled. Wow, unfilled. And so I tell these young people to keep their eyes open. It's a two-week program, and we introduce them to every aspect of data, including taking them to places like the University of the District of Columbia, who has the largest rooftop garden in the United States, uh, and take them to one of the urban uh, farms uh, that are in the city in Ward Five or Ward Six uh, take them to places like uh, the Department of Agriculture to see the firewall at Forest Service, where they can see real-time hotspots pop up, uh, so that uh, they can be de- uh, firefighters can be deployed. So they see the the top of technology. Uh, UDC has a hydroponic center. Uh, Baltimore has an. Aquaponics center, uh, so growing fish in a fish farm. So they get exposed to all of this. So in California, they got to go to University of California at Davis to their bio biomedical agriculture engineering facility, where they are seeing tractors actually being built on the Xbox operating system. So they get, their eyes are open. A new lens has been examined to them. And we've had great success. 10% of the students who start off at 14 will come back for every successive year. Not only that it's free. I mean, the parents love that it's free <laughs> um, for two weeks. But they're they, learning. Yeah, they're learning. And, and the exposure fun. sounds amazing. And they have, and they have fun. And so they come back every year. So 10% come back every year. 10% of that group actually go on to major in data science, data analytics, or agriculture science. In fact, on Wednesday, uh, my first student in 2014 is coming back to talk to these students today. She is going to be a senior um, at uh, Bryn Mawr University, and she's majoring in entomology.
1: Very cool. Well, you wow. prove that you can take a city girl yes. out of the city <laughs>
0: into the field
1: and it's yes. massively productive. Add in for
0: technology. Her. I mean, and and wow, it's very impressive.
1: We talk yes. about going into the field, but as, as you were talking about going into the field, I'm literally v- envisioning you on that planter in the field in a field <laughs> yes,
2: yes yes in fact somewhere there's a there's a video of me on the planter as it's going and me getting into the planter and you know yeah, not it, the easiest. Just, no 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 they've <laughs> had to bring out a ladder for me to climb up into it so <laughs> but I loved it I love my time in agriculture and if given the opportunity I would go back
1: awesome. I love, I love hearing these stories.
0: Well, and I love the passion you have for the work that you do. I mean, it's it's important work and the way you speak to it, it it shows that how important it is and the difference that you're making. So thank you, Joyce. We're going to let you get back to your camp.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. I look forward to it. And um, let me know if, if I can contribute again in the future.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in every week. And please continue to give us um, ratings on iTunes to subscribe and feel free to send us emails. Let us know what you'd like to hear hear about. But again, thank you for uh, listening to To The Point Cybersecurity. Until next week.
2: Have a great day. Joyce,
1: you are awesome.
0: Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.